Hey, what's up, everybody? This is Brendan Hausler with Evoke Bike. So an athlete emailed me with the subject line, how to make a transition from a big base period. And I think the point that comes across in this is really applicable to a lot of people that are going to be going to their first big team training camps, whether it's for a long weekend or maybe someone has five days planned in a warm climate. Something happens to a handful of people every year, and I think it'd be great if we avoided that. So I want to quickly talk about that, and then also we'll transition into a scenario about road racing for those of you that are new to it, whether it's cap five, four, new to three. I think it's really important that you hear this scenario so that you have the confidence and understanding of how failure in these races will catapult you forward if you absorb it in the right way. So this first athlete said... I'm coming away from four weeks, four and a half weeks of very low intensity volume. I did a minimum of 24 to even 30 hours a week. Now I feel I have a lot of base miles in me. I can go forever at low zone two. And I believe this is the moment to start pushing harder on the pedals. How would you recover from this big volume to not lose the gains, but be fresh for another hard, but different training period? So huge, huge question. And I had said, you know, the, the really big one is what are you training for? You know, and then the very next statement that most people would have is if you need to have a massive recovery that is much different than your normal recovery week from a certain amount of training, like 24 to 30 hours a week, then it was just way too much. Base miles, and, and maybe I'm wrong in how he's categorizing this, but base miles is not a four week thing that you just go blast as many miles as possible. And then you're like, okay, now I'm going to go do a build phase. You know, this is an eight to 12 week period and more moderate amounts that the body can actually handle. It's not that he ruined anything for the future, but 30 hours is a lot. So go through your normal recovery week and take note if you're still exhausted, you rode too much. And this is what happens to people as they train eight or 10 hours, and then they go and they ride 15 hours over three days and they feel like crap or they get sick. And then it is more popular now, it seems, to you know take a week off work and people go ride Monday through Friday and make these mega rides. And I love to do a mega ride, but you have to be able to absorb that training. We are training to elicit a response in our body, not just to bury ourselves. And every year I get an email, hey, did this training camp and either someone gets an overuse injury or they get sick and then they, so they do this huge block that wrecks them. Then they're off the bike for seven to 10 days. And so now they're coming back. And what did you gain from that? Two weeks, your body is just asking you to please stop and you're just throttling the hell out of it. I would highly recommend you not do that. And if you go to a team camp where people are riding farther than maybe you're ready to do, maybe you're a cat three and you're riding with some one twos that do mega miles have the discipline to say, hey, I'm going to go do one really crazy long ride with you guys. I need to keep it to three hour rides or I need to do whatever. No one no one that is accomplished in the sport is going to laugh at you or, or think that you are less of an athlete. It's more foolish to bury yourself than to not know your own level and ride within yourself. That is a huge key. And then as we shift into race season, And I realized that we are a ways from road racing, but there was an athlete that had reached back out to me and said, you know, I might consider getting back into road races next year. And he had gained a little weight during the season last year, which when you gain 10 to 15 pounds and you know where you were at before that, 
it is super demoralizing and it's not as fun to go on the group ride when now you're getting dropped when you used to be in the mix. And we sort of talked through the progression of how road racing went for him because he is a strong athlete. He overanalyzes everything and has so many paralyzing thoughts that when we broke it down so basically, this happens to a lot of people. I know I shouldn't say a lot of people. This happens to more people than you might expect because having the confidence in your training and the confidence in yourself to figure out how to get on the podium on race day is not easy. And we all have self-doubt and we all question, am I good enough? You look at these other athletes like this person's so fast. I've seen this person on Strava. And when people first start, I'm so thankful that I had a mentor-based community. I didn't know what the hell I was doing. And there were so many athletes that said, hey, man, okay, so this you totally screwed up. You need to just try this next time. And you need to go and instead of doing you attacked here, got caught, you like messed this up. And there's a million scenarios that I messed up. And a lot of them were during training races during the week. And I realized that most athletes don't have that luxury. And I call it a luxury because to have, it's like Genesee Valley Cycling Club. There's like 30 races, maybe more throughout the year, every Tuesday night. Like talk about being able to cut your chops. A lot of athletes have to learn this on the weekends and travel to races and you don't have someone giving you the tips afterwards. But what this athlete did was, in the first race or two, his, you know, cat gets excited and his tail's up and he's like ready to attack and he's pouncing all over the place. Those first couple races, that's how he, this athlete didn't know about crashes and didn't know about being in the washing machine. He just knew, hey, I'm kind of strong and, you know, I ride with these cat one twos and I'm a cat four and I'm just going to be aggressive. And he attacked. And at one point, I think it was the first race, actually, he looked back kind of doubted himself, got caught, and was like, oh, that didn't work, and immediately almost stopped trying. It was just, oh, well, I'm not going to attack because I got caught last time. What works in one race might work in another race. What works or what does not work in two races might not work in the third race. Like You need to start learning as you go, but you need to go and make these mistakes, but you just can't stop trying. Then he just started getting boxed in, started overthinking everything, and never was lining up to just go rip it and try and get in a good move, win from a break, just was always having these paralyzing thoughts. So what is the takeaway for you? As you start to race, even if you travel twice a month, you might only get in 10 races. That's not a lot. And you need to find, or you don't need to. You'll get better faster if you can find some fast group rides and ride with faster people, even if it's not a race. Have hot spots where you understand when to attack, how do people chase, understanding the sociology of a small amateur peloton is so helpful. Uh, You know, a lot of people look at an amateur bike race and think it's going to be run like a pro race. We are very confused when we think that. Amateur racing is very different than pro racing. And that's why coaching amateurs is very different than coaching pros. You hear a lot of the guys who coach pros talk about how much harder it is to coach an amateur. Pros are pros because they are so freaking gifted and they don't need as much guidance and they have, you know, 
There's just a lot of other resources besides one coach. Why I'm saying all this is that you need to kind of study your craft and understand that a race with 40 guys is going to be run differently, the tactics-wise, than a race with 150 guys. So don't overthink everything. Take notes. What are you learning each race? How are you applying it to the next race? Sometimes you got to try the same thing a couple times to see if it works, if it doesn't work. Every race is different. Every course is different. Every group of athletes that you line up against is different. And everyone is at a different fitness at different times of the year. There's a lot going on. That's what makes this sport super freaking exciting and awesome. That's why I'm still doing it. It's like, dude, old guy, stop racing. Hey, I'm still having fun trying to get better just like you. So my last comment, if you're not in the Discord, check it out. We just had a bunch of new people uh, get in there. There's over 500 athletes from around the world. Are all 500 active? Definitely not. But it is an amazing place where if you have a question and you want to get an answer or some opinions from people besides just the people in your local group ride, it is perfect for that. And I just like hearing what athletes are talking about. We've got a new hill climb thread from a bunch of the UK guys that are doing those. And good luck with your training. Uh, it's lift season, strength season, whatever you want to call it. It's, it's in off season kind of. I think that term is horrible. But stay focused on your goals. Don't get burnt out from doing too many intervals. Get your volume in. Get your winter setup ready, whatever that is. And look forward to hearing about how you're going to crush it in 2023. All right. Oh, and last thing. Uh, somebody had just said, oh, you guys have a blog? <laughs> so we do have a blog with a lot of training articles. There's a ton of free information on there. Um, someone else on YouTube had thrown the shade. Hey, man, you're posting videos on YouTube so that you can put a link to your plans and training peaks. I couldn't tell if that was a joke or not. There's so much free info to help you get faster on the blog. The training peaks templates, which I hate templates, they're not set up as go do this four week block. It's there's a couple that have like my favorite lactate clearance workouts. There's one that comes with a whole guide of understanding how to do VO2 max workouts when we use them, our top 10. So it's not just templates and athletes are asking me for that. They want pre-built workouts. Yes, I'm going to charge. I think it was like, what was it? $8 a week. I mean, come on. If you're going to get upset about that, I don't know what to tell you. So there is a ton of free stuff. I'm not trying to shill you with a YouTube video to give you my training peaks link. I, if that came across that way, yeah, my bad, I guess. So good luck, crush it. Excited to see you get faster and don't use getting older as a reason to not get faster. Let's go.